I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Once Upon a Gene is proud to be part of Bloodstream Media. Living in a family affected by rare and chronic illness can be isolating, and sometimes the best medicine is connecting to the voices of people who share your experience. This is why Bloodstream Media produces podcasts, blogs, and other forms of content for patients, families, and clinicians impacted by rare and chronic diseases. Visit bloodstreammedia.com to learn more. Hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Once Upon a Gene, and I am your host, Effie Parks. Once a month, I am releasing this extra special episode in a series I'm calling A Rare Collection. It features three people from the rare disease community, each telling a true story with the same theme. I'm super excited to present the second episode in this new storytelling series. I've always been moved by storytelling, and I believe there is so much power in them for both the listener and the storyteller. I'm the luckiest podcaster ever in that this is what I get to do for fun, passion, and purpose. The theme for the three stories you're about to hear is reruns. The storytellers have the utmost freedom to be creative and take that theme wherever their heart desires. Today, I've lined up three people who always make me laugh and feel comfortable, kind of like a favorite rerun of your favorite show. Here's a story from Patrick James Lynch, founder of Believe Limited, who's living with hemophilia. Reruns can be just like a nice slice of warm apple pie. Familiar, comforting, predictable. The shows I love, I love watching on reruns. But I've noticed that the longer it's been since I first watched a show, the more it seems different upon subsequent watches. There is this idea that you can never go home again or never quite repeat the same event twice, which of course is actually true. My brother and I were both born with hemophilia and going to summer camp in upstate New York for kids with not only hemophilia, but all kinds of life-threatening and critical illnesses was a huge part of our summer every year. Getting to meet not only fellow blood brothers like us who were affected by hemophilia or von Willebrand's disease or sickle cell disease, we also got to meet kids affected by all other kinds of illnesses, which as a kid with an illness was really comforting. When we were of age, my brother and I went on to be counselors at this camp as well. First me, I was a couple years older, and then Adam followed a few summers after. Then in 2007, on April 11th, I got the worst news I've ever received. That overnight, my little brother Adam passed away. He suffered a head bleed and died in his sleep. I was devastated. I couldn't imagine life without my brother. For the next couple of years, it would be safe to say that I struggled with how best to move on, how best to move forward, what to do now. And though I didn't know it at the time, a really important part of that process for me involved going back to camp 
to once again be a counselor at this place that meant so much to me. I think in part I needed just to find myself to reestablish some sense of ground beneath my feet. But as the summer wore on, more and more I found myself thinking about my brother and the memories that we shared at the barn, at the high ropes course, at the waterfront. I thought about visuals I had of him walking down the big long hill from the cabin to the common area for morning assembly, the John Lennon type sunglasses he'd wear, the big bulky unbuttoned shirts. He was a character. In 2009, three summers after my brother died, my first to return to camp not only as a counselor, but as a head counselor running my own cabin, making sure that not only were the campers under my charge well cared for, but so were the counselors. I had a lot of responsibility, kept me really busy and feeling very much needed and productive. On the final day of the final session of the summer, an emotional day for everyone, when the final kid left our cabin and I finally sat down in the auditorium ready to hear the end of session and end of summer announcements, the moment my butt hit the ground, I burst into tears. A couple of counselor friends came over and hugged me and held me. And I just cried and cried and cried. I don't think I even said anything to them, but I'm pretty sure they knew what was going on. In that moment, it felt as though I had said one final goodbye to my brother, maybe the most important one yet. I had gone back to the place that was our home away from home without him for the first time. I reestablished my relationship to that place because it's true. You really can never go home again. And no rerun is quite the same as the original watch. I love my brother, just like I love a good rerun. But life keeps moving forward, and so will I. Here's a story from Michelle Morganoff, Mama Bear Ferrer blogger and mother to Haley with Jordan Syndrome. I just started this new series on Netflix called Special. I am hooked. And that is a complete understatement. A brief summary, it's a comedy about this guy named Ryan, a young gay man with cerebral palsy, who's just navigating his way into adulthood. And he's dealing with some pretty real issues that exist in our society that I think we can all at one point or another relate to. And while watching, I have never felt more exposed or seen all at once. <laughs> Let me explain. Although each episode is excellent in its own right, I do have to say there are two favorites of mine that I keep replaying in my head. The first one comes from season one. Ryan and his mom, Karen, are this amazing dynamic duo, and they have this ideal mother-son relationship until they start realizing that they may be a little too codependent on each other. And without going into too many details or too many spoilers, they have this blow-up argument and Karen tells Ryan that she has felt like he's been this huge burden on her his entire life. And it was said in one of those heated moments that you never intend on happening. And I think we've all been there. And they stop talking for a little bit. 
And it's devastating for the viewer because we're so vested in their relationship and our characters. Anyway, it got me thinking about being a mom in general. And the word burden kind of stuck with me. And burden isn't the word I would choose, but I've used it before. And when it crossed my mind or came out of my mouth, I wanted to throw up because I felt absolutely sick to my stomach. I've used that word in so many different contexts, but when it came to being a mom, that word just felt so heavy. The connotation of the word just, I don't know, it didn't feel right when I used it. And I felt awful in that moment when I said it and I said it out loud to my husband. But then here was this fictional character who I've grown to love so much on this semi-fictional show and she expressed the very word and feeling that I have. And at that moment when she said that, I didn't feel so burdened by my own thoughts and feelings at that moment. I chose to become a mom. I wanted this desperately. I chose to have my two beautiful children. But then I look at my daughter, Haley. She was born with a rare genetic syndrome called Jordan syndrome. And she didn't choose to struggle every single day to do things that other people don't think twice about. She didn't ask for these burdens. So when I think about the word burden, I constantly try to replay it in my head and think about how burdens actually impact my life. I have to admit, I looked the word up on dictionary.com. I wanted an actual definition. And what I found is that burden is actually a noun, meaning that which is carried or an obligation may come with difficulty. And you know what? Motherhood is difficult. Motherhood is an obligation and motherhood is heavy. Your life changes whether you realize it or not, whether you have typical children or children with specific needs, your life is different. You will probably come across some heavy stuff in your life and your journey as a parent. Your kids are this extension of you and when they're hurting, when they're struggling, worrying, or if they feel burdened, it then automatically becomes your own burden too. You take that on and you feel what they're feeling, sometimes even more so than they even felt it. So circling back to my new obsession, the show, I can't stop replaying these characters in my head. It's like they're living in my head. So going to the second season, of course, Ryan and Karen find their way back to each other. Karen tells Ryan how, of course, her life became more difficult when she had him. She was referencing how she had to help him navigate through his disability. And although it was troublesome at times or became difficult or hard, it became joyful for her. It brought her joy and love in her life. And she couldn't imagine a life without him. And that couldn't speak more truth to my own life. As I mentioned before, I have two children and having a child in general makes things more challenging. I haven't gotten my hair or nails done in God knows how long, and I don't come first anymore. And you know what? That's okay. Because when you become a parent, you know that your needs and wants come second. My life changed from the moment Noah, my firstborn, was born. We spent our time doing baby and mommy things, and I loved every second of it. Getting to watch him grow and learn and thrive. 
And then Haley was born and our lives were just a tad different considering she was born in the beginning of a global pandemic. So as soon as she was born, some huge changes came with that. Some burdens came along with that. And it was evident from the moment she arrived. But a lot of those burdens fall on my shoulders. I wish I could rerun, replay, or redo some of those months that I spent agonizing over getting her a diagnosis. I wish I could have that time back so I could spend those minutes and hours off of Google and more time getting to know her. But then again, where would we be today? Would we still be in the dark waiting for an answer? I often think of the conversations and experiences that Karen and Ryan had. I think of my role as a mother to two children, one who's neurotypical and one who is neurodiverse. And being a part of this rare community at times feels super uncomfortable and sometimes it feels pretty scary. But as I'm becoming more of an integral part of this community, I'm finding out that this club is exclusive, but it's also very inclusive. And I've also discovered that some of the burdens that come along with being a mom are also some of the greatest gifts I could have ever received. Here's a story from Anna Laurent, supporting young adults over at Our Odyssey and living with Allergill Syndrome. It's late at night and all is quiet, except in the living room. There's a couch and a recliner, all facing a TV. However, in the center of the room appears to be a small bed made of blankets, and in the center is a small girl. She is not snuggled in under the blankets, though. She's seated on top. She is seated, but she is definitely not still. In fact, it seems that she can't be still. Her legs are crisscrossed and rubbing back and forth, back and forth, as her hands are occupied scratching up and down her arms. But they don't stay on her arms. No, they are constantly moving from her arms to her feet, her stomach, her head, all over. It's as if they can't move fast enough. They can't scratch enough of her body at once to provide any relief. Yet, as almost all of her is moving, her head is not. It's face forward, transfixed on the TV. At times, she smiles, even giggles, while her hands never slow. What in the world could bring this child joy as she seems so uncomfortable and is nearly scratching out of her skin? The answer? It's Mulan. You know, the animated movie with the incredibly kick-ass Chinese woman who risked it all to prove to her family that she can bring them honor. So in case you haven't watched it, she ends up saving the emperor and all of China with the help of a lucky cricket, the smallest and funniest dragon to ever exist, and her, like, incredible determination. Some, myself included, would argue she is easily the best and most badass Disney princess. Okay, anyway, back to the story. So. Night after night, the little girl sits in the same spot watching Mulan. It plays over and over, and she reacts the same way to every scene, every time. She smiles and giggles at Mushu and the cricket's failed attempts to help. She becomes serious, almost solemn, as Mulan struggles to find herself and her purpose. She is content and happy at the end as the family reunites and all ends happily. She watches this movie 
over and and over until eventually her hands slow, never quite stopping, but enough for her to finally drift into sleep. I have a rare disease called allergial syndrome, and for about two to three years, this was the only way my parents could slow my itching enough for me to sleep. When I think back to that time, I think of reruns because I feel like there are times living with rare and chronic conditions feels like a rerun. The same obstacles, temporary solutions, heartbreak, day after day after day. But when I think about rewatching Mulan over and over during some of my medically most vulnerable times and the comfort and joy it brought me, I'm reminded of the other parts of our rare and chronic reruns. The dependable community, support, little victories, a lot of laughter, often dark humor and jokes only those in the community would really understand. To this day, at 26, I still know every line in Mulan, and it still makes me laugh, brings me comfort, and does all of that even during the hardest of days. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people, and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story, or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate y'all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you. Ha 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 